This is CNN Breaking News. You're listening to Pulse Radio. God, listen, it's a Friday right now, and I take my weekend seriously, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we just posted up the post-sports episode, we're talking about football, we talked about the Super Bowl, NFL is clearly the dominant sports league in the world, but the NBA is still my favorite sport and my favorite league. And oh my gosh, we have intrigue, ladies and gentlemen. We have intrigue. We have storylines. We have drama. And oh my gosh, we have a trade that will make me so happy. Like my birthday was on Christmas. I would have loved to have had this trade up under my Christmas tree and open it up. It would have been one of the best Christmas gifts ever. Because oh my gosh, I've been waiting for the next experiment to fail for so long so i have to do this surprise broadcast just for you to all the nba fans out there first and foremost what's going on everybody this is randall barnes the host of post radio in the building and a very ardent nba fan right and i've been an nba fan for almost all of my life my favorite player is alan iverson i am a huge fan of chris paul as well as lebron james and i think that the players that I favor, as well as the teams that I favor, the Hawks, the Suns, the Lakers, I think that they're a testament to the fact that I like star power, but also I like grit and grind. I like folks getting it out the mud. When LeBron went to the Heat in 2010, I was in seventh grade going to eighth grade, right? That was the summer of 2010. I was about to go to eighth grade, just left seventh grade. I was a huge LeBron James fan in Cleveland. When he decided to take his talents to South Beach, I was very distraught. I wanted him to find a way at that age. I want him to find a way to make it happen in Cleveland. And I didn't like the fact that he was teaming up with a top 10 player in Dwayne Wade and a top 15, 20 player in Chris Bosh to form this evil empire and win championships. So incidentally, I became a hater of LeBron. I became an ardent critic of LeBron. And if y'all go back to my Facebook and scroll all the way down to 2010, 2011, I was an ardent critic of LeBron. I did not like the super team concept. Now, as I grew up, I understood that LeBron James made a decision that he felt as if would be best for his career. And he wanted to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And that was his choice. As I grew up, I realized that. But I never loved the super team concept. Then, of course, you have Kevin Durant. He goes to the Warriors, which is already ready-made team. That happens. Was not the hugest fan of it. I was not doing the podcast back then, but I hated it. And I hated the fact that Kevin Durant ruined what would have been an NBA all-time great rivalry akin to the Bird and Magic days. Kevin Durant just made the Warriors overpowered, and Cleveland had no chance. But without Kevin Durant, the Cavaliers came back from 3-1. From to one. And then I felt as if Kyrie was growing in his game. LeBron was hitting his apex. Kevin Love needed to do something. I don't know what Kevin Love was doing. But they were coming into their own, and I think that would have been an amazing rivalry. So when Kevin Durant went to the Nets, I thought it was interesting. He was out. He had the Achilles injury that he ruptured his Achilles in the finals against the Raptors. I thought it was very interesting, and it was going to be interesting to see if Kyrie and Kevin Durant 
and the existing Nets that were still there from their previous playoff run, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. I was interested to see what they would do in the East. Kevin Durant is in what was at that time a weaker conference. Kyrie Irving is a dominant player when it comes to ball handling and scoring, but he's also a very peculiar personality. Kevin Durant is too, but not as much as Kyrie Irving. So I wanted to see how that would mix up. So then to end 2020, we found out that James Harden wanted out of Houston. It didn't work out. They gave him the moon and the stars. They gave him Chris Paul. They gave him Dwight Howard. They gave him Russell Westbrook. They gave him so many amazing players and James Harden just could not work it out. So he wants to be traded. And we saw Philadelphia, where Daryl Morey now works as the president of basketball operations, as one lane, and also the Nets were emerging as, as a contender. I was like, the Rockets are not going to deal James Harden to the Nets. Because why are you going to willingly create a super team? You're going to clearly give him to the 76ers, get Ben Simmons, maybe Tyrese Maxey, a, a draft pick in return. And then you build around Ben Simmons. I thought it was simple. I never thought we would be here with Ben Simmons nor with the Nets. But in January, they made it happen. January 2021, last year. And I was gobsmacked. I was awestruck. Because I'm like, y'all really traded him to the Nets, and now they have a super team. And when they played together, they were amazing. They were great. But injuries caught up to him. Kyrie got injured. Then James Harden got injured. Kevin Durant faced some injuries. But they were healthy going into the playoffs. They won 4-1 against the Celtics. Then they played the Bucks. Harden gets injured. You still have Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Kyrie then gets injured. He steps on Giannis's foot going up for a layup. He's out for the rest of that series. Now it's Kevin Durant and the role players. Kevin Durant almost wills them to the Eastern Conference Finals by himself. But of course, we know his toe was on the line. We thought that the Nets would come back with a vengeance. All they needed was a healthy James Harden and a healthy Kyrie Irving. Let's not forget around all of this from James Harden in Houston to the Nets to the to the but to everything going on was COVID 2020, 2021, 2022. COVID has dominated our narrative. And we have vaccines now. And New York, a Democratic state, decided to enforce a vaccine mandate, especially the city of New York, decided to enforce a vaccine mandate. Because of that vaccine mandate, Kyrie Irving cannot play home games. People were like, oh, it doesn't matter. Let them play. The NBA All-Stars, the NBA greats, they're going to figure it out. But anyone with a rational thought in their mind knew that it would not work. And we're here now. Now, I'm, I'm playing 2K. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm, I got my Xbox Series S. Shout out to Xbox, man. <laughs> I'm back in the video games world, man. Playing the Xbox Series S is super fun. I'm in the playoffs. And I look down at my phone. I'm super late. And I saw that the 76ers and the Nets are expected to discuss a deal involving Ben Simmons and James Harden. It comes from Sham Sharania with the Athletic. And we heard talks about James Harden going to Philadelphia. It was talk around it. It wasn't from an official verified source with credentials. Sham Sharania is right next to Adrian Wojnarowski as one of the best insiders in the game. So now we know that this is a real thing. And reading the article, the 76ers are expected to pursue Nets star James Harden 
in a trade that would include Ben Simmons, sources tell The Athletic. Brooklyn is believed to be open to discussing a trade with the 76ers for Harden ahead of the NBA's February 10th trade deadline, which is next Thursday as I record this podcast. When I first saw this, I was so happy because I'm seeing the destruction of one super team. The Lakers are imploding on themselves. I'm a fan of the Lakers. I'm I'm sort of a bigger fan of the Hawks, to be honest. I, I, I'm such a huge fan of Trey Young, and I love how they're coming together, and I love how I'm seeing a, a dynasty form. I think a dynasty is forming with Hawks. I think the, I think the Hawks are literally Golden State East with competent management. Trey Young is going to be a transcendent superstar. If John Collins grows into the number two that we all want him to be, DeAndre Hunter grows into a defensive stopper that can put the ball in the hoop, we're going to be all right here in Georgia. But the Lakers are imploding. I secretly hate that the Lakers have a super team, and I hate that the whole entire notion is that, oh, they're going to coast the regular season. But during the playoffs, that's when they're really going to turn up. I hate that notion because I think that every game matters. And the regular season, the regular season determines your seeding. So if you have someone like the Lakers that is in the play-in, they make it to the finals and win. That's bad for basketball. Because what precedent does that set? And Russ is not going anywhere, so we'll see what happens with that. But the fact that James Harden could very well be leaving Brooklyn, oh, I'm excited. James Harden, to me, on paper, it made sense, but I think the playing style that James Harden has had over the past 10 years since he's left Oklahoma City is just not sustainable with superstars the ilk of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because all three of them need the ball. And we were saying that before the trade because that's why we were like, that trade doesn't make sense. I understand that in sports in general, especially in basketball, the team with the most talent wins. And football is more so the scheme and the strategy and how and how you utilize the skill set of your talent. But in basketball, typically, the team with the most talent wins. But I think the NBA is changing. I believe the NBA is changing to a league that has a surplus of talent. And I think the way you construct your team should be different. You can't just go get three transcendent stars and put some mid-level exception guys with them and think they can just go to a championship. It didn't work like that for LeBron. They lost against the against the the, 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 the Mavericks and Dirk Nowitzki and a fully formed team. Then they're down 3-2 to the Celtics, who by and large, they were a super team, but they grew that roster since 2008, and they had been together for a minute even with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce declining. The Pacers have you up against the wall. They were not a super team. Paul George was just emerging. He wasn't the Paul George that we know of today. I think he's a way better player now. And they were they were getting backed down by good teams that were not super teams. The only one you could say was the Celtics. And the Spurs beat them in 2014, led them to seven in 2013. They were a well-constructed team. They draft well. They drafted well. They were coached well by Greg Popovich. They made key free agent signings. They were a well-constructed team. So the super team path, it gets you a championship or two, but I haven't seen the, the biggest benefit of it. I see it as a money guzzler, and you're getting players that honestly, some of them just can't hoop, to be honest with you. The Southern's won one, Heat won two, Warriors won two. The Warriors fit made the most sense because Kevin Durant joined, guess what? 
a fully formed team that already went 73 and nine. So that's why that super team was dominant and it made sense. You're replacing Harrison Barnes, who is a very serviceable small forward that can defend and score with Kevin Durant, arguably the second greatest small forward ever and the greatest scorer ever. So it works, but this is different because there's no system in place. I'm reading the article and, and I'm, I'm seeing that the Nets don't like Harden's playing style. He dominates the ball. He likes to dribble until the shot clock is low and try to draw fouls, but the fouls aren't coming as quickly as they did in recent years because of the rule change. Yes, it's reverted back a little bit. They, they, they started back calling those ticky-tack fouls, but they're not calling them as often. He complains to the refs. He tries to, to work his defender down and make him think he's going one way and then try to cross him up. And you're killing and burning time. Meanwhile, Kyrie's on the other side, and he's the ISO guy that can that can take you off the dribble and get a bucket. Then Kevin Durant needs the ball so he can score. There's no system. And James Harden has played one way for a decade. Now he comes to the Nets. He has to acclimate. And he did acclimate very well because he switched to more of the point guard that was bringing the ball to the court and passing and getting his teammates involved, throwing up lobs to, to Nicholas Claxton. But once Kevin Durant got out and, and Kyrie Irving, who hasn't played at that point, I believe, what, since April, May? No, no not April, May. That's July. The last time he played was in July. Same thing with, with, with Harden. It was June, July, June. It was that in June. The playoff system has me all messed up because of how they played it last year. But in June, that was the last time all of them played together because James Harden played for a little minute in that first game against the Bucs, and he went out with his hamstring. He played well because he was more of a distributor. James Harden is a great NBA player, and he should be one of NBA's top 75 players, and he's a great scorer and a great facilitator. But you don't have the pieces around James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to really make a run to a championship, especially with Kyrie Plant being a part-time player. I'm trying to find a part-time job at this point, and y'all got this man as a part-time player. Can I be a part-time basketball player? <laughs> Can I be a part-time analyst at this point? Because I've been saying this for months. Go back and listen to Pulse Radio. I have been saying this for months, that James Harden does not work for this team. And I think now Sean Marks and Steve Nash, with the blessing of Kevin Durant, of course, Finally realizing, I don't think it's love lost. It's just business. But I think there was going to be love lost had they made it to the playoffs and Kyrie was needed for a game seven and they weren't at home for that game seven and they went home. I think that love would have been lost there because it's also been reports that James Harden is looking at Kyrie like he's crazy where it's like, dude, just get vaccinated so we can go out here and try to win a championship. I think James Harden is a very cool guy. And as a person, I think he doesn't thrive well around drama. I've noticed that about James Harden in, you know, me seeing him play and seeing how he handles himself. I believe that he doesn't really like drama. And I think in Houston, he was in such a bubble. And Chris Paul, being Chris Paul, we know how Chris Paul is. He's going to speak his mind. He's a fearless leader. He don't care what nobody thinks. He's abrasive at times. Chris Paul punctured that bubble and he told Houston, either him or me. And of course, Houston said, Chris Paul, you got to go. 
he controlled that organization. He came and went as he pleased, even to the end. He decided, I don't want to come to training camp. I'm going to come and drop 40, 50 points against the Blazers, then not even try the next game. I can do that. This is my palace. The Nets were a different arena. He downplayed the rumors about him not enjoying living, you know, living in New York and playing with the Nets. He wasn't a big fan of Kyrie's vaccination status. He downplayed those rumors. But all this tells me is they were true. And I think that if James Harden gets traded, because he he very well couldn't be traded. So I'm seeing the the like the deal very well could include Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel. Like, like those are those are possibly some players that could be included in the package. Okay. I would hate to lose, I would hate to lose Matisse Thibel if I was the 76ers. He is an amazing defender. As we saw in that Saturday showcase against Steph Curry, he's an amazing, hellacious defender. But you get James Harden. And I think James Harden with Joel Embiid, both of them have been injury prone. James Harden is just starting to become injury prone, but Joel Embiid is injury prone. But I think that at the end of the day, you have some weapons around James where it's a little bit better. If, if Joel Embiid's not out there, it's a little bit better <laughs> than what the Nets are right now. I'm on Twitter spaces and I want to say thank you so much to, well, Jack Dorsey doesn't work there anymore, but thank you so much to whoever created Twitter spaces. Y'all are amazing. You're the real MVP. Like Kevin Durant said when he accepted his MVP speech. Clubhouse was the wave. Twitter spaces is where you go when you see breaking news like this and they did not disappoint. And I was listening to a net space of Nets fans that were reacting to this news that James Harden very well could be traded before next Thursday. And they were saying, man, we want Matisse Thiebel, we want Seth Curry, and don't sleep on Ben Simmons. I believe that Ben Simmons will be an okay fit for the Nets because we have to understand this, and I think we all know this. Getting Ben Simmons doesn't mean that Kyrie will all of a sudden get the vaccine. I think the problem was the availability of the big three. That's one problem. James Harden's playing style is another problem. But the overlapping problem and the reason why I believe all of this is in the forefront is because of Kyrie Irving. I think bringing Kyrie back caused the biggest problem. And you would think that Kyrie being back with Kevin Durant being injured would have helped them out. It would have given James Harden more help and he would have eased his mind and they would have been focused on making the playoffs, getting a good seed and going to win the NBA championship. But because Kyrie is back and because they've lost six straight games and possibly seven tonight against the Jazz, James Harden isn't playing. Now it's like, what is going on here? It's a week until the trading deadline, under a week actually as I record this. Something needs to be done. It's all Kyrie. I, I, I have no problem with Kyrie. I think his vaccination status is a bit wild. I don't understand why he wouldn't get it, especially seeing the fact that folks like Kevin Durant and James Harden and all the other members of the Nets have been vaccinated and they haven't died. They haven't grown a third arm. Yeah, they still got COVID, but then not, they haven't died. I mean, so I'm like, I'm confused. Take the shot so you can take the shot in the finals at this point. But instead, you're a part-time player. The Nets let it go and the Nets signed the death warrant. I hate to give a freezing cold take, but the Nets aren't going to win a championship this year. Ben Simmons will be great as a defender. He'll be a great ball handler to let Kyrie and Kevin Durant play off ball. 
You know that he's not going to hold the ball in his hands. He's not a scorer, but he can give you a good 16, 17 a night. He can defend the other team's best wing player. He can also switch and guard bigs. And he's a great defender on guards. And also, he's pretty good against, like, you know, the Giannis's of the world. He's pretty good against them. And he played Kevin Durant, all right, when they played last year. Ben Simmons has a talent that he hasn't, and a talent and a skill set that he hasn't, like, tapped into, in my opinion. So I believe that he'll help the Brooklyn Nets. But my whole entire thing is Kyrie is the big issue. If it's Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, do you believe? that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be in the NBA championship. Do you believe that? Because I don't. Because I believe that you have the same problems. If Kyrie isn't there, the problem that persists and the problem that you have is that the, the main scoring responsibilities go to Kevin Durant. Maybe you put, you know, Seth Curry there. Maybe you put a Tyrese Maxey there. And now that now they can replicate a little bit of what Kyrie gives you if they're on the trading block. Because you might want to keep Maxey. Curry might be going. But you might want to keep Maxi. Maxi is a promising player. Yeah, yeah, Maxi that can stretch the floor, a good three point shooter. You have James Harden. That's that's the shooting guard. He can be the off guard and also bring the ball up court at certain points. Feed the post, throw lobs to Embiid, get Andre Drummond involved and the other bigs involved. Like like toss passes to Cork Mars and whoever else comes in in the, in the deal with James Harden. Who's to say Tobias Harris will get traded? Tobias Harris is not a bad player. His contract is just crazy. So I believe the basketball fit. The 76ers, I would want to see if James Harden, if his morale changes and him being back with Daryl Morey, him being with Joel Embiid, who is really, really the MVP this year. If he doesn't get injured, he is the MVP. It is his to lose at this point because he has been phenomenal. And the team has is the third place in the East without Ben Simmons. You add James Harden, who has given you 22 and double-digit assists. He's top three in assists with Chris Paul and Trey Young. Imagine if James Harden feels better. He's reinvigorated. He's reunited with Daryl Morey. And now he's giving you 25-26. Same amount of assists, less turnovers, and maybe a a more efficient three-point game. He's a little bit of a semblance of what the Houston James Harden was, but of course he's getting older. That's dangerous with a Joel Embiid that's healthy and that's playing like an MVP. I think it's so much conversation around what could possibly happen. And I'm hoping, I hope it happens by next Thursday. But I want to just say this definitively. The NBA needs James Harden off the nets and preferably to the 76ers. Why is that? This NBA season to me has been one of the worst of all time. COVID has ruined it and COVID for sure ruined Christmas. Injuries have ruined it. Your top players are injured. Some of these games, especially on national TV, have been complete blowouts. And it's been so much drama off the court. You put James Harden, in Philadelphia, he makes a semi-face turn, and now you have the 76ers as potential contenders now, realistic contenders against the Nets with Ben Simmons, who we're all looking at like he's crazy. And you put him with Kyrie Irving, who a lot of folks don't like, and Kevin Durant, who I think we all respect. We don't really just like Kevin Durant. I think we all respect him. That is the best good versus evil storyline battle that you could ever have. And on March the 10th, the 76ers and the Nets play. So let's just do this thought experiment, as they say on Twitter. Let's do this thought experiment before we go. Let's say that the Nets trade James Harden to Philadelphia. Let's say they they, they give away a couple pieces. You, You get Ben Simmons. And let's say you get Seth Curry. Let's say it happens on the trade deadline, which is February the 10th. 
They play a month later. So they say Ben Simmons, it might take Ben Simmons one to, one to two weeks to get back into playing shape. And you got to make sure he doesn't have COVID, is he vaccinated, all this different stuff. We don't really know that because the biggest conversation has been around when is he going to play basketball again? That's been the biggest conversation. So we got to check that out, right? But one or two weeks, he's back. That puts you at like the end of February. He plays his first game. Kevin Durant, hopefully the four to six week layover is over. He can play again. Hopefully he's not on a minutes restriction because those, those couple of weeks before March the 10th, he's working his way back to being the Kevin Durant that we saw earlier in the year. And then the 10th comes. National TV game. ESPN or, or TNT. Oh my gosh, the ratings numbers you'll get. This will be the game of the year. The hot, most highly anticipated game in years. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, because it's a away game. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons versus James Harden, Jen Joel Embiid. The storylines that are there. It's going to be on a Thursday, too. So it's going to be on TNT. It's going to be on a Thursday, 7.30 p.m. You get the inside, the NBA crew, EJ, Kenny, Charles, and Shaq. Marquee matchup. And Kyrie plays because it's going to be in Philadelphia. Wouldn't that be great? The NBA needs that intrigue. And imagine this. Let's expand this thought experiment to months from now. April, May. The Nets are currently in the sixth seed right now. And they might stay there. The 76ers are in the three seed right now. So can I interest you in a 76ers versus Nets playoff series? Best four out of seven. Come on, man. The the, the game needs this. I'm an NBA fan through and through, and this, this season has been too pedestrian for me. I need intrigue. I need drama. I need what the NFL has. Stories, great players, parody. I need that. So hopefully we'll be able to see that and make it happen. But I'm all in. Listen, pull the trigger. Sean Marks, Daryl Morey, I'm loving the business being done. I am excited. Let's make it happen. But those, these are just my thoughts. These are my first thoughts on James Harden possibly going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Give me your thoughts. Make sure to DM Pulse Radio 100 on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, or just Pulse Radio on YouTube. Let me know how you feel. And as always, I will see you on the other side.